Welcome to Hey Therapist. I'm your host, Leslie Ross. With me is my producer, Jay Wesley Lindley. Let's get mental. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hey Therapist. We had a little delay. There was a couple of weeks there that I didn't release anything, which is bound to happen. I think anyone who who does anything like this is uh, had to deal with that. But some things came up. Life came up. We had travel. Um, my dog of 15 and a half years, who is my baby, uh, got very ill. And I had to uh, put him down. So it was a rough couple of weeks there and we didn't get recorded. Uh, now we've gone, I've celebrated a birthday. We've gone to Vegas. It's been a good break. Um, so yeah, that's been, that's been what's going on. That's why we, we haven't seen you in a couple weeks, but uh, we're back now. I don't know what your plan is for today, but can you walk us through the grief process of losing a loved one of that length, even if it is a, a pet that, I mean, a, a lot of people f- feel of their pets as family? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good, that's a good topic to, to jump off on. Um, you know, it's hard. I, I think it's because a lot of people do dismiss, I think, pets as grief process and people missing them like family, but sometimes pets are the only family or, you know, they're the closest family or their best family member you have. So, you know, it's, it's the same process. I think if someone has a pet that is, you know, what they consider family, like my Elvis was, I mean, he was 15 and a half when I had to, you know, make the decision. He had gone into kidney failure. And so he was just, you know, deteriorating in front of my eyes. And I, I had always said, no matter what, I wasn't going to let him suffer. You know, I can't be selfish. I, as much as I would have loved him to keep on going, he just wasn't. And so it's a decision that that has to be made. And it's a hard decision for people because, you know, you don't want to make it too soon. You don't want to, you know, do anything that could, you know, harm them or hurt them. But, you know, he was hurting and he was 15 and a half again and, you know, in full kidney failure. So, there were no medications that were going to stop it or slow it down. There was nothing that was going to make it better. And, you know, his body was shutting down and he was shutting down and it was, it was killing both of us. So, uh, I, you know, I did have to put him down and it's, it's one of the hardest things that I think people have to do for the the loved ones. And, you know, I'm a, I'm kind of for the assisted suicide. Like I think that I know there's some states that do recognize that, and I'm I'm for it there too. Because how how wonderful is it that we can, you know, make the suffering truly stop when there's no there's no coming back from it. And you know, he was not himself. He was just lethargic, and he didn't get around anymore. And that's not the life that I want him to live. And you know, I was going through a lot of heartbreak, and still am. It's very very hard. Um, and I had a, one of my friends messaged me and I thought it was one of the, the best things that anyone said to me. And she said, you know, for, for us, you know, pets are just a time in our life and they may be a long time in our life, but they are a time in our life and they make it wonderful and they give us love and all of those things. But to them, we are their whole lifetime. And he never had a bad lifetime like that. You know, we've been through some shit, me and that little dog. And he did have some, he did have some PTSD things from the shit we went through. But, you know, after we, we got out of that at the last over half of his life was wonderful. And he was spoiled rotten and he never had a hard time in his life. And when she said that to me, I thought, you know, that's really true. Like I'm gonna, I'll be all right. I will, I'll move on. I'm not getting another pet right away. People keep saying, get another one. I don't want another one as much as I loved him. And when I say loved him, I mean, loved him. He was my baby. Um, I don't want another one. He was a lot of work. You can't go on vacation without finding somewhere for them to go. And I certainly don't want to go through puppy stages again. And, 
you know, it's it's nice to have the freedom of not having him. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I would give anything for him to still be with me and healthy and happy. But also, you know, I don't have to worry about finding a babysitter when I want to stay out overnight or, or go somewhere on a trip. And so it's, you know, it, it's hard. And I think, you know, a lot of people do dismiss pet grief. And when I was doing a lot of law enforcement trainings and things is one of the things that I always you know, touched on when we talked about grief and when people become, you know, suicidal or in those mindsets, because for some people, I mean, I'm, I am very blessed. I have a great family. We are able to spend a lot of time together. Like I said, we just went to Vegas, me and my sister and Jay, who's over there. You can't see him, but he's over there. Uh, you know, and they, they tolerate me and, and we get to go travel together. And I'm very blessed in that. But you know, at home, it was just me and Elvis. And, you know, I, like I've, I've said before, I've been alone for a while and, but I've had him and now I'm just alone. And, you know, people have, people have the best intentions. And, and if someone's going through grief, if someone has lost someone, don't try to make it better. Just say, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do? You know, cause people have, good intentions. They'll tell you a story about, well, when I had to put my dog down, you know, we did this, that, or the other, or my cat or whatever it is. And, you know, but then we, we, we did these things. We did these things. I'm like, that's cool. So it sounds like you didn't go home to an empty house because now I go home to an empty house and it's just me. And so I'm, I'm okay being alone. Don't take, you know, I don't want anyone to get that misconstrued. I'm fine being alone, but man, you forget the little things like you don't realize how attached you are truly, even though you know you love them and all of that. But, you know, it's like sitting at my desk because I'm still working from home uh, because of the tornado here. And, you know, I'll sit at my desk and just be working and I'll look down where his bed was. Well, it's not there anymore. He's not there anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I had a moment. We like I said, we just came back from Vegas and I had some snacks in my purse that I had set down on the sofa and I had a moment when I laid down in bed and I was like, oh my God, I got to go get, I got to go move myself. I got to go move my purse because he's going to get in the snacks. And I was like, oh, no, he's not. <laughs> nope, not gonna. You know, so there's those little things that hit you. And I mean, it hits you like a ton of bricks, but I know it gets easier. I know it's, it's going to get easier and all of those things. But, you know, it, to disrespect or to not take seriously the loss of an animal for some people um, you know, it's really, it's really a, a, a personal thing. There's a lot of people who have animals who aren't that close to them. I mean, they may live in their house. They may be their, their kid's pets or their wife's pet or their husband's pet or whatever. And they're just like, yeah, it's here, whatever. You know, I'm waiting for that animal to die, you know, and their wife their, or their spouse or their kids are like, oh my God, it's our pet. You know, and the, someone in the home is like, fuck, how old are you going to get? But, you know, for that person that's close, it's a real loss because they are something real to them. And when you're talking about, especially older generations, when you're an older person who may have lost their spouse and maybe that animal is what they have left of their spouse, that's the last thing they have that they had together, or that's the only thing they have, you know, a lot of the older generation is forgotten and they don't have family that comes to see them. They don't have friends because they've outlived them all, whatever it is. They have pets. And when their pets go, it's it's a very distinct loss for them. And, you know, grief is one of those things. It's not, it's never easy. Uh, you know, sometimes grief does come as a relief though. You know, I was talking today, uh, you know, we ha- I went to McAllister, I had to go up for a meeting and uh, on our way back, we were talking and, you know, as we were talking about grandparents and great-grandparents because I I haven't had a grandparent in a long time and a great-grandparent in a very long time. And the, the person that was with me, you know, we were talking about she still has some some family, some grandparents alive and things like that and, and how great that is. But, you know, when they get to that point, especially if they get sick, you know, my grandmother had uh, Alzheimer's and she got very, very sick and you could see the pain and you could see the sickness and you could see the struggle. And, you know, when she passed away, 
it was a relief for us. Of course, it was sad and and all of those normal emotions, but it was also a relief. So it's okay to feel whatever you feel about the the loss. And I think people believe that everyone should grieve the same way, that you should not laugh and have fun at funerals. I am the person you don't want to sit by at the funeral because I'm going to make jokes. I'm going to remind you of the good times. We are going to talk about some inappropriate things that that person up there did with us or had fun with us. And I'm inappropriate as in fun, not like bad, but that they, you know, enjoyed and, and we're going to find their jokes. And because it's, I, I fully believe now there are those people out there that's like, you better be sad at my funeral. But I, I fully believe that most of our loved ones that go before us don't want, they don't want us, they don't want you to be sad. Not that you're not going to be, but they don't want you to be. You don't have to sit around and pine for them. You don't have to, to grieve forever, but you're going to grieve. And grief is, is not linear. You know, there's the, there's the stages of grief. And I don't know that my brain is going to work well enough for me to remember them. But, you know, we've got denial and anger, depression, acceptance, and something else I can't remember right now. But all of those stages, they're, they're not linear. You don't get mad and then accept it and then move forward. You're going to accept that they're gone and have a day. And then you're going to get mad about it. And then you're going to blame yourself. And you're going to woulda, shoulda, coulda all over yourself when you're talking about whatever happened or how you should live differently, whatever it is. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I, I, I've done therapy a lot, uh, a lot of trauma therapy. And with that comes a lot of grief. And, you know, most of the time when people are in that woulda, shoulda, coulda thinking, my question is always, why would you though? If I would have done this different or if they wouldn't have or whatever it is, but why would you have done anything different? Because most of the time it's mundane things. You know, it may be a car crash. It may be uh, who knows what, but they're like, well, if I would have, or I... Who knows if that would have made any difference? And who knows if they would have taken the route you said it would have been any different? Like, why would you think any different? I should have told them to do this or I should. Why would you have? What in your body? Because most of the time, the things that happen, the people have done them a thousand times. It's not like, you know, the first time they drive. They go out and, and drive. I was, saw a crash on my way home and it was this person was in the ditch and they had hit a tree. That's probably not the first time they drove a car. It's just something that happens and that's why they're called accidents. And sometimes they're terrible. And sometimes it happens for no reason and we're not going to be able to explain it. And everyone, you know, people like to say everything happens for a reason. And I think that's true in a, in a lot of settings. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that that's true in death. I think sometimes just terrible things happen to good people and, you know, it's not our, our place to say when someone's time is that's, that's beyond us. There may be a reason for it. It may have been the, the, the bigger plan for them, but it's not ours to know what we want to know and what we want to remember is what they brought to us, not what's gone from us. And, you know, people get caught up in the the missing. I miss them so much and I wish they were here and all of those things. And I I believe, I believe, and y'all can, you know, this is where y'all, I may lose some of you, but that's okay. I believe they stay with us. I feel like they're watching over us. I think that their spirits are with us when they need to be, that they're there for guidance that they're there looking down on me sometimes going, what the f- actual fuck are you doing? Probably a little judgy. It's fine. It's fine. They were, you know, they were judging life. They can be judging death. But I, I don't think they would ever look down and be like, you're not sad enough. You're not missing me enough. How dare you? How dare you move on? Um, you know, I, I've had, I'm not that young. I'm not that old. But I have had people lose their spouses 
uh, to different reasons. Some were very young when it happened. Some were older when it happened. Does that mean they never get to love again? Does that mean they never get to move forward and have a relationship? And if they do, whose time frame do they have to be on? Because a lot of people, again, get very judgy when you have someone who loses their partner to to death unexpectedly. They have these losses and then they move on and find someone else and they find happiness and they find joy. Who is it our place to judge if that's what is best for them? You know, depending on what you believe, they those people may have been sent there for them. So by their spouse, by their the spirit saying, "Hey, listen, you're not doing this alone. I got you. Here's your here's your new person because I know you can't handle life alone." <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, it's grief can be it's a very hard process and it's I think it's so hard because even though we all do feel similar emotions, everyone experiences grief differently. And it looks different. And sometimes people believe you need to experience grief the way they experience grief. And if you're not, then you're not grieving right. Or, you know, the family on the other side or a family member may judge you and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're out. I can't believe they're going out now already They're to dinner by themselves or going out to the club to whatever. Like, who? what do you want them to do? Wear a black veil? Like, I, we're not in that time frame anymore. And do people make some bad judgments and move on too soon and maybe with the wrong people after the loss? Sure. Sure. Because, you know, the, the right kind of grief can put you in the really wrong headspace. And you may be just out there trying to fill the void. And you may be just out there seeing what you can come up with or with the theory of I had the love of my life or whatever it is and I'll never find that again. So fuck it. I might as well see what's out there and just YOLO and go crazy. And and that's okay. I mean, be safe. Do what you need to do. Be safe. It's probably not the best coping mechanisms, but be safe. Because we don't know what you should do. No one knows what you should do. And even when people say, oh, I understand because I lost my grandparent, my spouse, my mom, my dad, it's not the same because no one has the same relationship with those people. Like the relationship that you had with your grandmother may be very different than the relationship I had with my grandmother. Uh, you know, you, they may not have been that close. They may not have ever lived by each other. They may not have, you know, but it was her grandma and, oh, yeah, we used to spend a summer or two out there with them. Okay, well, what if this grandmother raised this person and you're saying, I understand, I get it. I know exactly how you're feeling. No, you don't. You can know I'm sad. That's what you know, is that I'm sad. You don't know the other things that are going through my mind. You don't know the other things that are happening and the struggles that come. Because a lot of times, you know, when we do have things like this happen, we may, you know, fall back on old addictions. You may fall back on bad behaviors. Like I was saying, you know, you may just be saying, screw it. I've lost everything because sometimes that's what it feels like. So I've got nothing left. Why even care? I'm just going to go do whatever I want to do. And that's okay for a minute. Like get it out of your system. But then you have to live. Because again, that that loved one, that pet, what, whoever it is that we've lost, whatever it is that you've lost, they don't want you to be sad. They don't want you to sit around missing them. And it's, it's one of those things where the guilt of it comes. And, I, you know, I've, I've worked with people who have been the quote unquote cause of someone's passing. They were in a car crash and they were driving and the the passenger passed away. The car that they that hit them, they had no control over that. But the guilt they felt about I should have been paying more attention. I knew what it and it was I mean completely not their fault. There's no way they could have done anything different other than stay home, which again, why would you? 
Why would you think, well, today's not the day because I'm going to, this is the day we get, like, no, you don't think this is the day I'm going to be in a really bad car crash. You don't think that way. And why would you? Because we drive all the time. We're out and about all the time. We do most of the things where we get injured all the time. Do terrible things happen sometimes? Yes. Is it necessarily your fault? No. And even if it is, you do not have to carry it forever. You screwed up and maybe it was a really big screw up and maybe someone did die. Did you do it intentionally? Was it, your, you know, I mean, there's so many aspects to that that say you don't have to carry it with you. Like you will. It's going to be terrible. You'll never forget it. But you don't have to blame yourself forever. You don't have to live in that grief. No one should be living in that grief. Live in the joy. You know, there's a lot of, of therapeutic methods that work with grief and, and like I said, trauma, all of those things that, you know, one of the, the things is we take the, we take the, leave the knowledge, but take the pain. Yes, you're always going to know how it happened. You're always going to know what happened. But you don't have to carry the guilt and shame. You don't have to carry the woulda, shoulda, couldas. And, and I'm saying that with any any passing, not just accidentals. But, you know, life happens. Terrible things happen to really good people, to young people, to old people, to anyone. Just out of the blue, sometimes terrible things happen. And we have to move forward through it. And if you're saying, or anyone is saying to you, well, it's been X amount of time. It's been three months. It's been six months. It's been three years. You really shouldn't be sad about that anymore. It's your grief. Now, should it be knocking you down in sadness? No, but you're, you're still going to have those times, you know, and if it's only been a short amount of time, you're, you're going to be really sad. And it's going to really suck. And there is not much anyone can say to not make it suck any less. But then time will pass. And hopefully you'll do what you need to do for yourself. And do the work and understand grief. And, and understand that there's nothing you could have done. That there's nothing you could have changed. That taking them to daycare that day. Who would have thought that something would have happened to your child? It, you wouldn't have. So we've, we have to move through that and move through the pain because carrying it does nothing for you but weigh you down. And again, your loved ones wouldn't want that. Nobody has to carry that with them. It just doesn't make sense. Because most of the time, if you're, if you're beating yourself up over something, and this is anything really, but if you're beating yourself up over something and you stop and go, why would I have thought any differently? Why would I have done any differently? You know, most of the time when we think about, well, I should have done this, it's because time has passed and you're able to look back on it. And it's the whole hindsight's 2020 stuff, you know, it's the time has passed and now I get it. And if I would have maybe done it this way or had this conversation, maybe it wouldn't have gone. Well, sure. Like, yeah, because now, you know, this can happen or that can happen. But before that, what is your point of reference? Why would you think anything would be any different? And, you know, that's the part about, you know, like I said, anytime you're, you're beating yourself up over something, why would you do any different in that time frame? Like, yeah, now we can look back and go, yeah, I probably shouldn't have let so-and-so do that, or I shouldn't have said these words, or I shouldn't have whatever it was. But how did you know that until that moment? You didn't. Because up until that time in your life, Whatever it was, was probably going okay. You probably hadn't had any issues with it. It hadn't caused any problems. So why would you do it any differently? And then you have people, you know, sometimes you have people in your life, like Jay, who when my sister lost her dog, he handled it for her like a champion. I think he was ready for her to die, but <laughs> I can edit that part out. No. <laughs> I, I love that little dog. I really did. She And like you said, she wasn't able to get around a lot. There was a lot of issues towards the end of her life, and it made it hard on Lara. Mm-hmm. And that probably is what pained me the most. Sure. You know, but uh, no, no, it was, it was, uh, 
it like I think it with the same situation, same as your situation. It was time. Mm-hmm. It was definitely time, and she had been on with Laura a long time. Yeah, sixteen. I think she was sixteen because she was a year older than Elvis. So I yeah. think she was or fifteen probably when she passed. I guess. But yeah, it's been a little so, bit. No, it's uh, it, yeah, it it's tough to. I think for me because uh, I I'm not I don't think I'm judgy I I can be judgy, but um, we can all be judgy. I'm not I don't, I don't like to be judgy. So <laughs> I, I, when somebody is in in grief because sure. of an animal, um, I don't I I think I may with Amelia feel this way now. Sure. Because Amelia, I'm really close to Amelia, but um, I haven't yet felt mm-hmm. that type of grief for an animals. But but I can see I could see the grief Laura went through with mm-hmm. with Mandy. So. Um, that's I think that's what pained me the most was and you know keeping her from grieving sure. was was my <laughs> mission at that point. That's you know? your role. That's yeah. your role. <laughs> and I think that's a good way to put it too. Is if you don't you know especially when it comes to pet grief, if you've never had that animal, if you've never had that just critter that you're close to, and it can be a hamster, it can be whatever it is that you're super close to, that's been your baby, if you will. Elvis was my baby. He was my little boy. You know, I had him from the time he was eight weeks old until he was, I guess he was 15 and a half. Um, I would have preferred for him not to die around my birthday, but hey, thanks for that, bro. Like, I think he did that on purpose. <laughs> I think he's he's up there just like laughing in little doggy heaven. But, um, you know, it's, if you don't, if you haven't been through it, I think that's where you don't understand it. And, and I think it's, I think a lot of men fall in the, I don't understand it more because they're not the, most of the time, I will preface, but most of the time they're not the caregivers of the animals. And, you know, a lot of animals become the, the females animals because they're the one feeding them and watering them and all of those things. And, and they've had them and, you know, with, with Mandy, with Elvis, you know, we had them for a long time. And I mean, I mean, I don't even want to do the math on how long in my adult life, but I mean, he was 15 and a half. So there's that. But, you know, it's, it's like you said with Amelia though, she's, you've been there her whole life and y'all spent a lot of time together. So it could be very different when she goes in that, in that aspect, because you are actually close to her. You've been the caregiver because you go get to go home during the day and you get to see her and all of those things. So I think it, it could be different. And, you know, it's all in the, no matter why someone's grieving, they're grieving. You know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of times when we talk about people, you know, like I said, going into crisis and just feeling like everything is over and all of that. I mean, that could be from a breakup even, you know, grief is grief. And when we love something, we have a little bit of a heartbreak when it ends. I mean, there is, you know, the true medical thing where people die of a broken heart. And you see that a lot with older couples who have been together for a very, very long time. When one partner dies, the other partner doesn't live that much longer. And it's kind of the broken heart syndrome. They've lost their person because, you know, sometimes they've been with them for 50 plus years. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even fathom. I mean, I know in my lifetime, I will never be with anybody for 50 years because I don't think I'm going to live that long and clogs ticking and I'm still single. So there's that. Um, but you know, if you, if you're with that person and y'all are together and then you lose them, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that loss would be like. And that's even if you didn't even like each other at that point, you might not even like each other at that point, but you're still together and it's been that many years. So, you know, there is the medical dying of a broken heart. And it could be, you know, like grief comes from anything. The loss of a pet for me right now, that's where we are. The loss of a relationship, the loss of a friend, a close friend. You know, when people move, sometimes they, I mean, when I sold my house, even though coming home was one of the things that I wanted to do and it was in my plan and it was all my choice. There was no coercion. I, when I sold my house, I was very sad about it. Like there was a little, there were tears that were shed about me selling my house. Cause that was my house. I had bought that house. I had been in that house for almost seven years. It was my house and I loved it. And when I left it, 
it was meaningful. It hurt my heart a little bit. And so, you know, it's it's just important to respect someone's grief and what they're going through and not be dismissive just because it's an animal or, you know, it was a breakup. And, you know, especially with our younger people, they get so sad and heartbroken and, you know, people will say, oh, it's just a, you'll find another, "Ah, it's just a breakup, which is true. And you know why we say that now? Because we've been through it. We're of the ages where we know that this first love is not the love of your life. You most likely will not be with that person. Very rarely are you with that person later in life. Because, but it's the first one. And it's the first time that dopamine and the serotonin and all the things are kicking off and kicking in. And when that ends, it's devastating. So if you have someone going through that, you know, those those teenagers in that first love or if you're in college and y'all been together since middle school and y'all break up and someone's going through this, it's a grief response. And it needs to be taken seriously because it is serious. That is a that is part of their world. That was especially those first ones. You, you know, it, it doesn't always get easier when you have a breakup or when when a relationship ends. But when you get older, it, it makes more sense. You can make sense of it. You know, you may be devastated. You may be heartbroken, but you know you're going to make it because you always have. When you're younger, you don't. And that's a lot of times when we see a lot of our young people go into crisis and and get into that mindset is because this person doesn't love them anymore and they feel like no one loves them and no one's ever going to love them like that and all of that. But it's because that was the first one. It's what showed them what love was. And when we lose that, it can be pretty devastating. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can be grief responses and there's a lot of ways to respond to grief. And that's everyone's choice on how they respond. Now you can be there to support them. If you see that slippery slope coming, you know, you step in, you you do behavior that, you know, they're not being safe at doing. I mean, you can go out and do some, some high risk things, you know, but be safe doing them. It, and it's, and it's important to to stick around because a lot of times what happens after death uh, is everyone shows up, right? You get the calls, you get the text, you get, you get all the things, the condolences, the reaching out. I had people uh, and to all of you that reached out to me uh, after Elvis passed away, thank you. Like it really means a lot. And to those who didn't fuck you, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but to all of those that did, like, it really does mean a lot because I know that, I mean, some of you loved Elvis too. He was, <laughs> he was a part of many people's lives, uh, who had babysat him and took care of him and, you know, spent time with me. And so he spent, they spent time with him and, um, you know, but for others, it's because you knew what he meant to me. And, you know, I know that's going to go away. You know, not the friendships, not the the people. They're they're there. They're out there. You know, but I, you know, I have I have people that unexpectedly check in on me still. And I know it's only it's only been a week, which it seems like a really long week. But um, they, you know, I got a message uh, from someone today, and they were just like, "Hey, I just want to check in on you." Like, how are you doing? I know you're back because they knew we had gone on vacation and I had been gone, but it was, I know you're back home. So how are you doing? How is it? You know, and, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because not only does it show that someone's thinking about me, you know, we all like that. We like that feeling, but it's the, I know that you're probably not great. And I think I get into, I am in the world where I take care of a whole lot of people. And I check in on a whole lot of people that probably don't even deserve to be checked in on, but whatever. I'm still going to check in on you because I know you need it. Um, but I don't always get checked on. And so it's it's nice, you know, when that happens and when I know 
they're, you know, I'm getting those calls from people I haven't talked to in a while just to say, hey, and, and do the things. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that I really hope everyone does after a loss, any loss, is, you know, re reevaluate your life. Like, look at what you're doing. What is bringing you joy? What's not? Who is bringing you joy? Who's not? Because this life is all we have. We only get the one. I mean, some people think we get more, but I don't think you get one more as yourself, unless you're on the theories of alternate realities, and then maybe you have more than one of yours. I'm not real sure, but there is the theories. I don't know that I buy into those, but hey, to each their own. But we only get the one life that we remember this life. Even if we get more, we only get this one in this life. And it's so important to find your happiness and find your joy. And we all get in funks and we all get into the wrong headspace and we all get into those times in our lives where we feel like just nothing is going right and nothing is going good and we're stuck. Um, but sometimes you have to unfunk yourself, get out of the funk, make little changes, start making little changes, come up with the ideas, even if you can't make the changes yet, to get into the life that you want, because there's always a way. It may not be easy, and you may lose some people on the way, you may piss some people off on the way, you may, you know, have to change your life completely, but if it's the life you want then the people that love you are going to fall in line. They are going to accept it. They are going to support you. They are going to love you for whatever you're trying to do. And the other ones probably aren't good for you anyway. And so I think, you know, when we talk about loss and we talk about grief, I really like to turn it around to, yeah, that's terrible. And, you know, it's, it's really, really sad but what's good in my life? What am I grateful for? What am I happy for? What relationships do I have that make me happy, that make you feel less alone, that do all of those things? And and if you're not having those or you look around at the people that are in your close circle and no one's providing that, it's time to change circles. Work your way out of that circle. And I know that's hard and sometimes you feel like there's just no way out. There's no way out of the relationship. There's no way out of the friendship. There's no way out of the family. There's no way out of any of these things. But there, there's always a way. It may be dark and it may be scary and it may be a lonely path. But if you're doing it for your joy, if you're doing it for yourself, then I, I think in the end you're, you will end up happier. And... You know, who wants to go out of this life unhappy? Like, why stay? Because we don't know when our last day is going to be. You don't know when when your time is going to be called. And so let's make the most of, of what we have and fill it with the most joy and the best friendships and the healthiest behaviors that we can so that, you know, you can you can be be what you want to be in a sense. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, we're limited, but find, find a route that you can at least add aspects of it in there. Cause there's almost always a way. And I've, I have found when you start doing the things that you enjoy, there's a way that they start to take over because you feel that empowerment, you feel encouraged, you feel like, you could actually make a difference or you can make the change or you can, you know, be whatever and change the job, change the relationship, change the person, change yourself. You can do all of those things. So it's, it's just so important to, to find your happiness, especially, you know, if you're in a, a dark time, if you have had a recent loss, if, if something's going on, you know, think about that person, that thing, whatever it is that you lost, would they want you to be living the life that you're living? Would they want you to grieve like that? Would they want you to move on? Would they want any of these things? And, you know, the the belief I have anyway is probably, yeah, they want you to be happy. 
Like we don't live in a time where you have to wear the black veil and wander aimlessly forever alone after you lose someone. You you get to be happy. And if your person loved you, then they want you to be happy because they wanted you to be happy to start with. So I don't know. I think that's all I got. What you got? Anything else? Well, um, I did have one question earlier that came. Oh, and you could plug this in if you need to, or or you know, uh, if you don't like it, erase it. But um, it did it help? Does it help the process overall? Knowing, like, for your in your in your example, mm -hmm. uh, you knew for a little while that Elvis was progressively getting worse. Do you think it helps the grief process overall, or it just overall? For that to for you to have that knowledge and it to be uh, a you know a succession like that or is or versus a surprise like you have been talking about you because you were talking about accidents sure well. yeah I think when we know um, I mean it's hard when they when they do when you see you know someone or your pet getting sick and 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 those things but I think it's it does make it a little easier because you know that they're hurting or they're struggling and you know that, you know, especially for pets, you can make the decision for them to not, you can make the decision that they don't have to go through that, that they don't have to hurt, uh, you know, for families and, and all of those things, you know, like we mentioned, like with my grandma, you know, I, it was a relief when she finally passed because I knew she wasn't herself. She had, she had been gone for a long time. Her body was still living but her spirit had been gone. And, and when we have it, friends, you know, I lost a, a very dear friend of mine from con, uh, congestive heart disease back many years ago. He was 30, I think he was 33 when he passed. And we were, we were very young and, but he had gotten sicker and sicker and he had lost, he had lost his light. And he would even tell you that, like, I, I've lost my light. And, you know, when he passed, it was, it was terrible and tragic because he was so young, but like, man, we had a great party for him because we knew that he was, you know, up there in the sky with his base, just smiling away. Like it was, it was a relief. So I do think, I do think the grief process is easier, you know, especially when we know when it's, when it's an older person, you know, even if it's an older person that is a surprise, you know, uh, someone who had a heart attack and, and they'd passed, you know, it's always terrible. And, and, you know, we don't want to lose, but we go, yeah, they had a great life. Yeah. They, you know, they lived a long, good life, whatever. You know, I think the younger the person is, the harder it is to make sense of whether they are sick for a while or it's immediate because, you know, we, we like to have the belief that everyone gets old and it's just not true. Um, some people don't. And it's, it's tragic when that happens. So I think it is a little easier uh, to make sense of when someone has been sick or they're struggling or whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, in the end, the process is still the same because we, we just miss them. And it's okay to keep missing them. And it's okay to talk about them. And it's okay to have moments years later where you're sitting somewhere and you smell a cologne or hear a song or see something that just pops in your head and you're like, oh man, that was their, that was their favorite or that just reminded me of them. And, and you may smile and it may make you sad and, and all in the same moment. Um, you know, and one of the other things that I, that just made me think of is, you know, a lot of times when people lose someone close to them, especially suddenly or even after a long-term illness, they feel guilty for being happy. And so they've lost this person and, and they have a day where maybe they don't think about them all day. And maybe they have a moment where they're having a really good time. And then they're like, oh, God, I, I shouldn't be happy because this person's gone. And it's like, no, no, be happy. Like you... You can be happy. You don't have to grieve forever. You don't have to grieve for a long time. It, it's your grief and it's your happiness. And it goes, again, goes back to what they want. They would want you to be happy. They probably were just so happy for you that you were happy. 
So, you know, the, the guilt that comes from having a good day or not thinking of them all day long or not cry. Today, I didn't cry. You know, I've had, I had someone tell me one time, they're like, I made it all day without crying. And then I realized that I made it all day without crying. And it made me cry because I felt so guilty that I didn't think about them enough to cry today. I, and I mean, my response is just like, wait, what? Like, what? Why are we feeling, why are you feeling guilty about not crying? We don't have to cry. That's not, grief doesn't necessarily always look like tears and pain. Like it can be joy. It can be the remembrance. It's, it's finding a way to, when we start to have that sadness, to turn those images around in our head, to, to, to remember a time where you were happy with them, to remember a time that they smiled, to look at that picture on your phone and you're going to be like, oh, I miss them so much, but man, on this day, we had such a good time. And that's the, that's the way we transition our grief. That's the way we make it where we can grieve in a just not depressed. You don't have to be curled up in a ball crying, but if you're curled up in a ball crying, that's okay too. Don't stay there though. It's not where you want to stay. It's, it's not a good way, but if you need to stay there for a few days, okay. You can do that. You can lay around and listen, I plowed through a whole box of fudge covered Oreos because it's that time of year too. But you know, the other night after I had put Ellis down, we went home, I took a bath, I laid in my bed and I plowed through a whole box of fudge covered Oreos and I feel no guilt about it because it's what I needed. And I laid there and I watched something stupid on TV. I don't even remember what I watched. I watched the Louis C.K. series. That's what I watched, uh, his Netflix special. Because um, this time, a few years ago, I'd gone and saw it live, and it's finally on television. And so I watched it and laughed and remembered that time that we'd gone to see him live, and I was thinking about Elvis, and I'm plowing through a box of fudge-covered Oreos and laughing and crying at the same time. And it's just a very weird time for me. It's very weird. But that's what grief is. It's a very weird time. You don't, you can be happy and sad at the same time. And you just move forward. You find the things that bring you joy and you move forward and you do what you need to do in that and you do it safely and you do it responsibly. But we do what we need to do. And, you know, there's a lot of online grief support. You know, there's there's support groups. There's, I can't think of the website, but I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, it's a really good grief uh, website that talks about ways to heal. It has things for children on there so children can understand grief. Um, you know, people dismiss children's griefs a lot of times because they're like, oh, they're little, they won't remember or whatever it is. And they don't know any better. Yes, they do. They're grieving too. They're hearing all the conversations. They're, they lost someone too. And if you don't explain that to them, if you don't, and I think I mentioned this on a podcast before, you know, a lot of times when, when someone dies and the kids around, they're like, oh, so-and-so's gone to heaven, or they're watching you all the time. And you, now you have a kid who's afraid to sleep because grandma's watching them all the time. Like, no, we explain it to them in the best way we can in age appropriate terms. And you're realistic about it. And you give them the opportunity to ask questions so that they understand what happened. And, and it's, there's a lot of resources out there for it. And there's a lot of books that are great for kids. Um, you know, The Invisible String, I can think of right off the top of my head, because it's a really great little book for young people to understand that connection that we always have with someone, even when they're not around. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of things out there that you can research, that you can find, you know, like I said, support groups for anything, for pet loss, for widowers, for grandparent loss, whatever it is, it's out there. And reaching out for help, even if you may not have it in your circle or in your area or in your neighborhood, you know, we, we have so much access now that there are ways to get help, get support, and move through your grief appropriately and not be stuck because there's, there's, that's just somewhere you don't want to be stuck because life does go on. It's sometimes unfortunate that you have to keep moving. You have to get up. You have to go to work. You have to be there for your children. You have to be there for your partner. You have to be there for other family members, whatever it is. Life continues without whatever we lost. So we, we can't stop. 
you can't stop moving. You've got to keep moving. And sometimes it feels like you're stuck in concrete, but you've got to chip away at the concrete and keep moving. Because if not, then then you're going to develop some mental health issues, even, you know, stronger than grief for sure. You know, your health is going to decline. You're going to be the next person that they lose because you got stuck. And so we, we want to always just keep moving forward and grieve and move forward and grieve and move forward. And it does, you know, there's the saying time heals all wounds, which is bullshit, but time does scar the wounds. It's going to scar you, but a, a scar is okay. We got lots of scars. We can move forward with scars. It's not going to go away. We're never going to forget. You know, we're not going to say, oh, yeah, I did have a grandma one time, didn't I? Like, no, you're not going to do that. Like, you're never going to forget them. And and I will say, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of an anti-funeral person. Like, I just, I dislike them so much. And the reason I dislike them is because people get, like, that's the image that people get stuck and they feel like if I don't remember this, it's the last time I saw them. If I don't remember it, I'm going to forget them. It's not true. That's not how they want you to remember them. That's not the last memory you have. That's the last moment you are seeing them or their body because I feel like the spirits are, are is gone, is, is watching over us at that point. But, you know, it's it's not the last time. The last time you saw them, you were probably happy and joking around. It may have been at the dinner table. It may have been at Christmas. It may have been somewhere else. That's the memory we want. We don't have to hold on to those last moments. We don't have to hold on to the the tragic image, images sometimes it is. You don't need it. We don't need it because you're going to remember them. You're going to remember all of the other things. You are not going to just forget them if you don't hold on to the sadness or if you don't hold on to that last image. You're going to remember them and they're going to be with you if you want them with you. You can find ways to keep them with you. And so it's it's just really important. Um, and I and I have to remind myself of this, like of this too, you know, at this time is it's going to be okay. It really sucks right now, but it's gonna be okay. I'll be okay. He was a great, great companion. He was my little my little ride or die. And, you know, I, we did everything together and he was, like I said, there through a time where I didn't really have anybody else in my presence that was, that was there. And, you know, it's, it's really sad, but it'll be okay. I'll be all right. I'm going to be okay. He had the coolest mohawks too, by the way. He did he had have the coolest them. hair. He really did. <laughs> had a great groomer, Miss Morgan. She was amazing. And she always mohawked his hair and colored it. And so, and it would be seasonal. So uh, this time of year it would be red and green, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. What do you think? Good? Good. All right, Elvis. For my producer, Jay Lindley, I'm Leslie Ross. Thank you all for joining us. Please send any questions or comments through the website, heytherapist.com or email help at heytherapist.com. They may be featured on the show anonymously. Hey Therapist is an SEOK radio production and is for your entertainment purposes only. Thank you for joining us. Make good choices.